0: Hello and welcome to episode 118 of Beyond the Weight with Sandy and Henny coming directly from Henny's living room. Welcome! <laughs> <laughs> so it just feels weird because I'm sitting here talking and I'm looking at Henny. I'm used to seeing her on the screen and now I just see like a circle with HH on it. But you
1: see me in the flesh.
0: I do. We We've just enjoyed a really nice run outside. We did like 12K. And Henny treated me to a delicious brunch. Turkey bacon. I have not had turkey bacon. I don't even know if I had it at Christmas. Mm. I don't don't think think
1: we didn't have turkey bacon together.
0: No, then I didn't have turkey bacon at Christmas. So it's been a a long time since I had turkey Mm. bacon. Very good. It is very tasty. This
1: this particular brand of turkey bacon, like the, is it what is it called? Light life. Lily. Oh, light life. Okay. I think it's light life, but you you can get it at Costco. That's yeah. the only place I've ever seen it. But it is really really delicious.
0: Yeah, it is very. It's it's smoky actually. It was when I was eating it this I th- morning. It's like, hmm.
1: I think that's what makes it good. Like because because I've had like turkey or chicken, okay, turkey that's been, like, ground, or, like, chicken breast that's ground, great, delicious, no problem, but other things, like, I don't know, like, a, like, a chicken dog, as a, you know, like, it, it just doesn't have the same, I don't know, flavor, texture, whatever, like, like, and I find that with veggie stuff, too, like, like, a veggie dog, a veggie burger, totally fine but like a veggie I don't know there's something about the way that like processed meats are put together that when they're made with alternative stuff it just I don't know it doesn't do it for me and so turkey bacon is the same like sometimes turkey bacon I'm like what is this like or it doesn't taste like bacon like it tastes like a piece of lean meat you know Mm. whereas this turkey bacon it does have like a bacon y but I think it's because it's that smoked flavor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the the flavor profile.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Flavor profile. My poor we're making fun of my poor sister. She signed up to take this I think it was like a four week course with uh, with a baker who is super famous and I should know the name of her but I can't remember she's on the food network like she's a big deal and so she was doing this four-week baking course and so my sister signed up to do it and so every week it was like one week was cookies one week was pie one week was cake like and she had to make different recipes but she had to come up with her own recipes so she had to have trials and then she had to like change ingredients and figure things out And but then as a part of the project it wasn't just making the item it was also using these new techniques she, she had learned but then there had to be a whole like story it was a recipe story and so it, like the flavors that you chose had to come from somewhere and so she had to have these like anecdotes that was like, why she chose things and so she's been talking about recipe stories and flavor profiles <laughs> like, a, like a super professional for the last
0: year <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but but now we've adopted it because right. that yes. sounds like we really know what we're Speaking about
1: it really does. It makes the sound very in the know and very hoity-toity.
0: Yeah, because then Henny also. As so, we had the turkey bacon. We had was that Kodiak or was that no? Flourish. It was flourish, flourish pancakes with with blueberries in them, and we had uh, eggs, scrambled eggs, and then she made this really good salad. And I could see. She said, "Oh, I need." I said, "Oh, look at your arrow garden. It's like you know, beautiful." And she's like, well, the mint's going crazy, but I've been saving it because we need it for the recipe this morning. So I'm like, okay. So she made a great salad that was watermelon and feta, cucumber, and then fresh mint. And then I think there was like some lime. Uh, I'm not sure if there was some olive oil in the dressing also. I could taste that in the flavor profile. Just (laughs) (laughs) See how easy it is just to throw that in. (laughs) And And it makes you sound super smart. (laughs) Like I have a clue of what I'm talking about. Um, But then as we were eating it, I was like, oh, the mint is really nice. And then Henny said, well, they said if you don't want to use cucumber, you can substitute cucumber for melon. But then we had this whole discussion about how it would totally change everything. But the, the cucumber has a very mild flavor to it, so it can absorb all of the other Flavors, and then the whole profile of the salad would be changed if you were to put melon in, because it would really be fruit salad <laughs> with feta. Exactly. That's exactly
1: that's what I was concerned about. That was like <laughs> watermelon, strawberries, and cucumber with feta, and so and, and mint. But if you if you took this cucumber, cucumber out and added a honeydew melon, then it's just you've just literally made a fruit salad and thrown some feta in there, and been like. <laughs> This is fancy fruit salad.
0: I don't know. Whereas
1: (laughs) to have the cucumber made it feel like it was more of something special.
0: But Henny, the option to just take what you have and throw it together is just like a clown around salad.
1: Which, you know, I love me a, cl- a clown around meal. So, you know, I, I, I could be tempted to do that. <laughs> so the salad, I, I have to, I can't take credit for it myself. I mean, I made it, but it the recipe comes from the Yummer Yum, Yum, Yum cookbook. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, yeah. And I have never made it, but it was very, very nice. It'd be a great one to take to um, any picnic, uh, outside, barbecue, mm. things like that. Just... Uh, yeah. Well, and especially if
1: you wanted to take something that looked fancier yeah. than a fruit salad, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. it was very colorful.
0: It was very colorful. It was very good.
1: And it had my fresh mint from my arrow garden. I know.
0: And then it just makes you feel like so good that you knew that you grew that.
1: It really did make me feel good. I no. I felt, I felt especially proud. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I actually saw her, like, wipe a tear away from her eye. That's <laughs> stuff.
1: <laughs> I mean, I do cry at the weirdest things, but I did not cry at thinking about the mint that came from my garden. Australia. Yeah,
0: even, even though you had to chop your mint and it wasn't muddled. <laughs>
1: okay, I will tell you that I was sobbing yesterday because... I've been watching this episode or this show on Netflix called Atypical. And the fourth season just came out. I've never seen the show, but someone was talking to me about it and saying, like, the fourth season is just coming out. We're so excited about watching it. And like I really and then she gave me kind of a synopsis, and I thought it's up my alley. Like it's family drama. It's a like a husband and wife, and they have a few kids who are 16 and 18, and the oldest has autism. And, and so it's all them dealing with, like, life and, you know, ha- like having this son in high school and then he wants to go to college and dealing with that. But then each
0: of the characters have their own
1: kind of things going on. And I thought this, I mean, it sounds like something I love, and so I've been watching it for the last couple of weeks and like, you know, binging it for the last couple of weeks is really what I should say. Because I finished, I went, I went from two weeks ago, never slept, to last night, finished the fourth season. Of course. <laughs> it is the only thing that I have been watching for, for two, two straight weeks. But anyway, I was just like ugly crying yesterday because some things are sad, but most things, it, most, most of the show isn't sad. It's just so sweet and heartfelt, and, like, <laughs> the relationship that the sister has with her brother and, like, taking care of him, like, I just, it gets me every time. <laughs> so, I, I am a crier, but... The mint in my salad did not make me cry today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was wondering where all this was going. Yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And before we move on and start, stop talking about food, um, Penny's sister has also been making a cake. Yes,
1: yeah, she, well, because so she's, she's just, just taken this food. course, and so yeah. now she's, like, super into it. I mean... She's always into, like, mucking around in the kitchen. She loves to do it, and she loves particularly to bake, like, more, than, more so than cook. And so now with this course, she's got, like, I mean, the thing is with the course is she's got all of these new techniques that she had never done before she's also got some new like kitchen tools yeah deal and uh, and so now she's really like keen to keep doing it and so for the last two weeks she has been texting and calling like every day asking when is Sadie coming when is she going to be here again what day are you going to see her again when when is she coming again because she wanted to make us a reunion cake (laughs)
0: <laughs> Which we love. So we're gonna we're gonna have a piece of that later today. We we are we are going to have the reunion cake. I I wasn't completely surprised. I actually thought because I saw that she had finished the cake. I saw it on on uh, Instagram. And I thought, hmm, I knew that Kenny's dad was driving James to work this morning. I thought, I wonder if there's going to be like a slice of that cake that he'll drop off and, you know, whatever. Um, But I did go to granddad's to pick up our walnut walnut crunch. And I had to also, because right beside the Walnut Crunch was the Orange Twist, and I couldn't just leave them there. So I had to ask for one of those also. <laughs> um, and so when I got here, and then Henny opened the fridge to show me, and I was like, that's okay, because the donuts can go in the freezer. Because we've done that before, and they are still as delish. They will be so, excellent. Yes, and so they've already been put in the freezer. And after we finish recording, we are going to have a piece, and we will definitely have a photo of, of the reunion cake.
1: And the reunion cake, of course has been made for a special for us. Correct. And, and so recipe story
0: <laughs> yes,
1: is that it's a mixture of um, chocolate and orange. And so the idea is that it's similar to a walnut crunch and an orange twist. Exactly. And, and I have to tell you that my sister called me yesterday because she wa- a couple of days ago. Because she posted on Instagram like uh, a video of like all of the different things on her counter, she was putting it together, and she was writing about what the cake was going to be, and she tagged Manhas Donuts in the Instagram. Yes, she did, and they liked her post.
0: Oh, and she called me like squealing about it she's like
1: I my <laughs>
0: how fun that is so fun we have both just finished reading a book yes shocker
1: <laughs> actually it is a little bit of a shocker that we both have finished reading the book at the exact same time yes that doesn't actually happen very often
0: <laughs> yeah i said i was going to read it well on my travel day and i was i actually slept on my first flight the second flight i thought i could go to sleep and i looked and i thought i'm only at like 70% henny was already at 50% 3 days ago i need to get this flipping book done today anyways and i powered through and took notes as i was going along
1: i'm so excited
0: okay so you'll remember you t- you start the conversation so
1: out. okay <laughs> so the book is called this is big and it's by Marissa Meltzer. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Steph was the one who suggested yes. the book to both of us. Right. So just, just so that we've put all of those details out. And so I mean, in, general, in general, the book is half and half. So one chapter is the history of WW, starting with Jean Neidich and her life and what brought her to start this company. And then one chapter will be that. that. And And then the the next next chapter will be kind of like memoir about the writer, Marissa Meltzer, and her life living with overweight and living through, you know, from one diet to the next. And then finally joining WW and living a year on WW and so the whole book goes back and forth between Jean Neidich and the story of WW and Marissa and her story with WW. Yep. Such a clever concept for a book. Yes. Such an interesting way to hear about the history pieces of which I knew most of which I didn't Ditto. And, and then, but also so, so fun to read about a person's experience going through that too. And some connections drawn between the two and some like spots where she's like, this is completely different. Like, he and I are nothing alike. Yeah. And then also, of course, the whole time thinking about your own journey with WW and how that sort of fits into things
0: too. Yeah. 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 I have to say, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the book from start to finish. I I do. I, you know, anyone that's interested even in the WW history, because to me, what was really stood out was when they quoted Gene at different points with the company or even in the very beginning, like the ground level and thinking about the philosophy of where WW is now, and how aligned those things still are. Mm. Like, these the things are exactly what she had in mind for the company. that, it's over 60 years ago now, or almost 60 years, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. And that that still holds to, true today. Really about the connection with people being open and honest allowing people a spot to share what was going on with them with like-minded people not feeling ashamed of it it was so it was just like that's it, right from the get-go and I think what surprised me was I did not know about the miscarriage mm-hmm. or the, I don't actually as a stillbirth yeah
1: sorry, so it, was-
0: sorry it was a stillbirth that that was the first time that she she'd had a stillbirth had gone to Florida and met with someone a woman who had also had a stillbirth and the two of them being able to have an open, honest conversation, sharing that she realized the power in that. And that was really
1: the start of it. Like that wasn't the start of her wanting to lose weight, but it was the start of her recognizing that only when you can have open and honest conversations with people who are, who have been and are going through the same thing as you, can you really deal with it yourself? Yes. And so the whole philosophy behind, um, mm-hmm. the company and behind the idea of bringing a community of people together really yeah. started outside of weight.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, I always knew that she started in her living room with people. Yeah. But then when you hear when the first place she rented out in the first the first meeting she had there were four hundred people showed up. Like we're talking the sixties. Four hundred freaking people showed up. Yeah. And all paid two dollars. Mm-hmm. She started slowly growing, 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 growing the yeah. business. So the one woman that's talked about in there is still the woman that that owns, I'm pretty sure she's the one that owns Barry. It's her company that owns the franchise in Barry and because, the, because she's the Windsor or, or Detroit, she was Detroit. So she also has Windsor. I'm, I'm almost 99% positive that that, because that name is very familiar to me. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I know that she owns, that it was someone in Detroit owning Windsor and that Barry for some reason is also and, uh, into that group. It, I think it might be the same person. I could be yeah, I could yeah. be wrong, but yeah. But it was interesting that she was she was one of the first people and the story with this woman was she lived in Detroit. Jean was in New York. She wrote Jean to say, How can I like it's too far for me to come? And Jean was like, No BS. Yeah. Like, if you really want to do this and it means that much to you, you'll figure out a way to come to me. And she did.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. She she he left her family. And she actually made it happen to go to, to attend a, uh, a meeting and, and to see what it was all about. Um, she just wanted the, the food plan. That's what she wanted. Mm-hmm. all right um, So that, that, was, that was interesting. Um, well, because
1: obviously, and anyone who's been with WW for any period of time knows that the, f- the food plan has changed. Yeah. And yeah. from Gene Nidish's time in the 70s to now it has changed Dramatically, yeah, but like, it's interesting because the food plan, like like she didn't think that up. no, like it wasn't hers, like, because she she wanted to lose weight. And so she went to a nutritionist, a some sort of dietitian, and was put on a on a very strict diet.
0: But she was actually a part of a group. That's where it was, right? There was a bunch of people that they, I think the city or the state of uh, New York was offering it was for, it was free. Correct. But it was very shaming. It was
1: very shaming.
0: Oh my God.
1: And, and, and what you, what you were, what you had to eat Yes. and what you were not allowed to eat. Like, I think they had to have like. Fish three, five days a week, five days a week, yeah. and they had to have liver once, and like there were all these rules. And so, when and so, the you know, the story goes, of course, that this first you know me- meeting happens in Jean's living room just because she lost 70 pounds, and so a bunch of her girlfriends wanted to know, How did you do this? Like, we want to lose weight too, and so she just had them over uh, to talk about it. And yes. so she gave them the exact diet that she had been following. And, and then it became this big thing. And so initially, that was the diet.
0: And there were also no substitutions because she said people would ask, could I eat, you know, if I don't have breakfast, can I eat double outlet? There's no substitutions. You, it was very, she was very adamant about that because that's how she had, because when she started the company, or started you know, the, the workshops or the meetings in her house, which became this company, she had already lost her weight. Correct. And so you're right. She didn't invent this diet. Oh. She just took that. But what she knew was missing was the added piece of, of people being able to come together with a shared um, desire to lose weight and also not feel shamed Mm. you know uh, by doing it so that was that was interesting and when she decided to incorporate or to register her business she actually did call it Weight Watchers International so she already knew like for her it sounded really important and big to put the international part on it when at the time it was just new it was in New York it
1: was yeah it was just happening in one city
0: Yeah. yeah But at one point, there were like 290 or 267 meetings happening yeah. in New York. Yeah. Like, crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah, crazy. And then, of course, the book um, it makes you very aware that this was all happening in the late 60s and the early 70s in a time when a woman wasn't necessarily doing this kind of stuff. And yeah. so, just the it's fact traffic. that she had um, so, so much, much power traffic. in in running this business, running yeah. the corporation, like that was a big that was a big deal.
0: Oh well, she couldn't even rent the space or or get the money to rent the space. Be- it, at that point, women weren't allowed to sign contracts. So yeah. her husband, she had to give her husband, who was a he was a big guy too, and that that was part of it. Is like she'd always been a big person, and then she married a big person, and mm-hmm they in, really enjoyed food. Like it was a, it was a big part of their life. And he was a bus driver, I believe. Yeah. Um, he did at some point become involved in the business, but I mean, and then there's a the history of what happens to their relationship and, yeah. and such. But, um, but then Marissa also starts off the, uh, off the book by talking about her childhood and her parents also both, I think they both struggled with their weight and, the way that they put that on her and were very, I mean, now we know, like, speaking to a child about food in the way that they did wasn't necessarily the, you, didn't, you aren't going to get the result that you want out of that. Um, a couple of things, you know, did to me. So she said she remembers the day that she had joined Weight Watchers with her mom. And then came home and she poured herself a glass of something. And I forget what kind of juice it was. And her mom said, enjoy it because that will be the last time that you have that. You don't drink your calories. I, For me, I also don't drink my calories. So I don't know if someone at some point during, like after I started with WW, like I just never did that. It is something that's not for me to drink my calories. But she says to this day that every time that she goes and has something that is caloric she automatically is thinking that she probably shouldn't be having it. Yeah. Like you never, like there's certain things that you just never, ever forget. But I, I made a note of that because I was like, oh my gosh, I actually have that exact same thought. Like, ooh, do I, that's got calories in and I should probably just have water. You know, should I have an alcoholic drink or should I just, yeah, I'll just have water, you know? Um, so that, that was, to me, was, that was interesting. What about the doctor that told Marissa... That if she lost weight before her first period, that she'd never struggle with her weight again. <laughs> where did you Where did you go to med school?
1: Honestly, some of the things that people say are wild, and like the thing is, like Marissa is not that old. So like that was not that long ago that a doctor said that to her, you know, because I think at some point I thought, Oh, she must be my age because she She must must have made references to things that I thought that sounds like around. And I think actually she might be like a year or two older than me. Yeah. But so, so like we're this, you know, we're in the same, you know, era And, like, so for me, like, so then for me to think, like, I can't imagine a doctor telling me when I was a kid, oh, well, if you lose weight before your first period, then then all will be fine.
0: And then uh, she talked about being, uh, like, she never really enjoyed phys ed because she wasn't good at anything. And that she was then put into the modified phys ed class. That
1: was very strange to me also, like, but, and also thinking because I know, like, we grew, like, we grew up in the 80s, like, we grew up at the same time, and so I was like, that is wild to me, like, I can't believe that that happened. First of all, I mean, we didn't have a separate phys ed class, but, like, can you imagine just, no, I, it's, it's a very different thing to not be good at phys ed because of whatever reason and yeah. then to you know have some sort of physical disability that is keeping you from doing certain things like mm. those are two those are two very different things yeah. right yeah Mm -hmm. but, but it did. So that was interesting to me because, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before I was, although I was always like an overweight person as a small child, and in my teens obese, I, as a, as a young child, I was tall and I was always put in sports and so I didn't have a choice but to do it and so there were some things that I wasn't particularly great at like I was not a good runner but I actually was pretty good in phys ed like I liked athletics I liked sports and and I think probably because I was tall that helped me out like as a as a younger child yeah I mean I'm not tall now but as a as a small child I was. And so you know, like I didn't have that experience in Phys Ed where I hated Phys Ed. I love going to Phys Ed. Yeah. You know. Um in high school we had to not a uniform, but I guess we had to wear like the school t shirts for Phys Ed and they didn't make them in my size. So that was difficult yeah. <laughs> starting phys ed in grade nine and knowing that everyone was going to be in in the like in the school shirt and i uh, had a jersey and then like how many people was i gonna have to explain that to yeah. like, i'm mortified about it and like but yeah. also you don't have a shirt in my size so what am i going to do like as it turned out it was fine it was, it was a non-issue um the, the teacher who ran the phys ed department was the person who dealt with me and it was a not like and she was a person who carried extra weight it was a not like it was no big deal I'm sure kids said things behind my back no one ever said anything to my face yeah. but once again I was good at sports and so people yeah. wanted me on their team because uh, because I could do things and I knew rules and I you know like yeah. So I had such a different experience in phys ed than a lot of, a lot of young people with overweight. Yeah. And, and I know some of my, some of my friends and acquaintances that I've met later in life, when they talk about their childhood, they talk like it's almost traumatic. Like phys ed yeah. was a traumatic experience for them. hmm Either because of weight, or because of other body issues they had, or because of sexuality, or whatever. Yeah. Empathetically, my heart goes out to these kids, you know. And so, reading about Marissa and her diff and like and the trouble that that caused her and how difficult that was, and then that she. You know, she went to the, like, a modified bed class because she couldn't even do what, like, the quote-unquote regular kids were doing. Like, I was horrified.
0: So bizarre. And one of the um, chapters at the the end, she, she writes, I don't have a good answer for why I'm still fat. The best I can say is that it's due to a combination of lazy food habits, a poor draw in the genetic lottery, and a love of abundance the ability to stay thin includes complete determination at the cost of a social life or fun like she does not to her that's what that the cost was Mm -hmm. right so the flip side of abundance is scarcity and when I diet I immediately revert to panic mode and stop eating certain foods and only want to eat salads And I, that really struck me because I never really thought about it like that, but that is exactly what it is, right? The abundance and then scarcity. So you go from having too much to not having enough instead of having too much to just cutting it down to having, to having in, to having a a good amount, not just the bare minimum, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but i loved the way that she described that for mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. because that's often what people say well why don't you, why don't you just mm-hmm. well if it was as easy as i just you know and, i would have done it yeah like it's not just there's a lot of stuff attached to just <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah like, and, and 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 the 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 just people making comments to her about her weight. To me, still, it's like, why? Like, people actually, like, stopping, like, their car or, and yelling things out. Or her walking out of a building and then, you know, and you're like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, does what I'm wearing, the clothing I'm wearing, whether you think it's appropriate and I should be wearing it or not, have any impact on your life at all? Mm -mm. it's like they think it's a public service announcement like you know I need to let you know that that is not the most attractive thing when you have no idea what I look like in any other thing except for what you've just seen me in yeah maybe this is the best that I look (laughs) right yeah yeah (sighs) and now you've just made me feel like a total bag of boop and I will never wear this again which happens Mm-hmm. Then you don't ever wear something or you see that same piece of clothing, but you attach it to a comment that a random stranger made. Mm-hmm. How impactful that can be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The number of times that she writes about instances where random people say things to her, but also where n- not random people say things, yes. to her, right? Yeah. Like she has a very, challenged relationship with her mom in particular but with both of her parents yeah um with comments that they that they make about her weight Mm -hmm. and and how difficult that is too yeah
0: yeah but also that the family dynamic in itself um there was never like a sit down and eat together it was always sort of she was on her own or it was a very quick. So, and all of those things as as a child do, I mean, that's how you, you, you learn your eating habits, right? right. Is from what you've been brought up doing. Um, and, and, and so you don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like you think that is the actual norm until you're put into a situation with someone who's doing something different. And then you think that, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wait a minute, they do it. They do it. They do it. They do <laughs> I'm it. the only
1: one doing something different. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but you don't know that you're doing something different. And mm. nor do you realize that, the, the re, that what you're doing has a direct impact on maybe the extra weight you're carrying, how you feel about yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she doesn't just talk about WW, right? She talks about tops. Yes, take off Pound sensibly. Yes. So we've talked about this before, but I don't remember. Have you, were you ever a member? I was never a member, but I, I know of it. Of it like okay. I know Tops yes. was. Yeah. I knew that it existed. Yeah. So yeah, I I went to Tops. I went to Tops. It was I went on a church on Mohawk near Upper Wentworth. There's okay. um where there was a fire station right beside it. There was a small church kind of oh. set back there, and that's where I went with a bunch of a uh, bunch of day bags from from McDonald's we call the day ladies day bags so there's a bunch of day bags that I went with um but when I and tops I guess had been around either at the same time or just before Weight Watchers was was start so it was a very similar type thing there was no food plan I don't think involved not when I went but you would just go and be weighed in now they're talking about in the beginning that you would actually have a public weigh-in and if you gained weight you were in pig pen penitentiary. If you were the person who gained the most weight in your club on that week, you had a sign on your lawn saying, I am the pig of my tops club. What the actual on
1: on your lawn. So people are driving past and you have a sign that says, I am the pig of my group. I first of all, second of all, Went Sorry, back and read that like again, it. just
0: to make sure <laughs> I, like I read it correctly. I cannot believe that. I I can tell you, my experience was in the eighties. That wasn't my experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and even with the weigh-in, people did take all of their clothes off, like they were in their underwear and bras or whatever. And it was in like kind of in like the utility room of the church, right. you know. And, and we were in there. And then we'd come and sit in a big circle of chairs and stuff. But there was none of that kind of nonsense. Because I, d- for sure, for sure would never have gone again. Like, I would have gone once and we'd like, no, this is totally not for me. So funny. That is. Yeah. Funny. And I meant to look up because they say t- there are still tops clubs around. Uh, I actually, and I know that I've heard Someone that w- that you and I both know, like I'm not sure who it was now, but it was a member, and that they had said that they had gone back to Tops. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Tops is is. I mean, obviously, it's not. Tops so, may have started at the same time as Weight Watchers, uh-huh. did not take the same trajectory as Weight Watchers. No. <laughs> as sophistication, So uh-huh. they don't put the you know I am the pig of my Tops Club you know uh, right. on our lawn anymore. But crazy, crazy. <laughs> 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 uh, and the other thing I, I had written here was like Jean was just so ahead of her time she knew that all you needed is one person in a group to be honest and very slowly everyone else starts to tell their truth yeah right and we, and it, we know that sometimes one person just needs to say something and give everybody else the strength to be able to share that that too uh, yeah. and Melissa or Marissa sorry Marissa I took the I out of Flab I Love that. Do you have that written down? It's the it's the L though. Oh the L. What did I say? The I. The yeah. L. Sorry, the L. The L. Uh, uh, yeah. I have I have a
1: picture of that page because oh. I took a picture. I took yeah. the L out of Slab. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of
0: slab, it was just Fab bad.
1: Love that. No, that was really Love strange. that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I thought that was really cute.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: Alright. So there are a few more things that, you know, are to things. We've already talked about this, but specific things that were mentioned in, in the book that I, that, I, that I took notes about. And one is, and we kind of touched on this already, but Marissa talks a lot about her relationship with food and the way that she sees how she perceives food and so she writes here food has always been synonymous with breaking the rules for me first my parents and now my own I think of food in terms of moral value I think that that is so true for so many people and for myself too that it's all like that food for such a long time in my life was about food that I can't eat, food that I can't eat, food that, and even as a child, like food that I wasn't allowed to have yeah. and food that I was allowed to have. I don't know. I sometimes wonder about that, like, because when you are, as a, as, a, as a young person, when you are told that this is something that you're not allowed to have, the reason you're not allowed to have it is because you already have too much weight on your body mm-hmm. and so you know the thin siblings can have these things but you can't have them um and I recognize that doing that is meant to be
0: helpful
1: but for me definitely it became like an obsession that I maybe a jealousy that I wanted to have those things that I wasn't allowed to have and so then I would eat them in secret and eat them in vast quantity yeah. because I I wasn't allowed to have them. And so
0: no one could know that I was
1: eating them, so then I would eat them secretly. But then also I wasn't allowed to have them, so, I mean, if I had the chance to have three, like, I might as well have three. Yeah. Do I have time to have a fourth? Like, I might not get these ever again. Like, this the way you're... It's, it's not an accurate way of
0: thinking but it's
1: the way that my brain worked and and then you take those eating habits into your teens and your young adulthood and your later and your later adulthood like that you're starting to like that you you yeah you you keep those habits with you that you have this idea about things that you are allowed to eat things that you aren't and that the things that you aren't allowed to eat need to be done quickly yes, and in excess and in secret Secretly. and all of those things, right? And mm-hmm. so that was really, um, that was, that really stuck with me that it was yeah. like first, you know, and, and especially I think that I feel like, you know, first I was breaking my parents' rules and yeah. then, I was breaking my own rules, like you know, right. that I, I set my own rules for myself about what I could and couldn't eat, and then sometimes I would just break those too. Yeah, like yeah.
0: So, so, honey, how do you deal with with that now? Because living on your own, you you could have anything without anybody knowing, mm-hmm. and and it's. it's it's still sort of secretive because nobody sees you having it but you don't have to rush it or because nobody's here to watch it but do you do you when you have those situations when you have gone because you consciously make a decision to purchase something that you know that you will not be able to control the amount that you eat so you do that maybe telling yourself it'll be different this time or knowing that it's going it's not going to be different that time right and How, like, how do you, how do you manage, how do you manage that, that every time you go to the grocery store, that there's not always some of those things put into your cart?
1: Well, sometimes I manage it better than others.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) Um, really, it has to be that it doesn't end up in the cart. Okay. Um, because... If it comes, so what will happen is, and typically, typically, like to go to the grocery store, I'm pretty good about it because when I'm in the grocery store, it's still, it feels still pretty public, like people can see uh, what's in your cart. Right. And, you know, and so I don't really feel that tempted by things that. And then here's the thing with, like, these things that, you know, I quote-unquote shouldn't be eating. They're not things that I want to eat anyway. Okay. You know, it's, it's they're just, like, things that are, like, but I could eat that, you know? And so, to be in a grocery store, it's not really, it doesn't usually cause a problem. You know, like, sometimes it will. Like, sometimes, you know, like... There will be like, you know, I don't know, like a tray of, you know, ready-made cookie cookie dough things and like that happens to fall in the cart, you know. Yeah. And then, but like, here's here's the part that's that's bizarre for me, is that if I were to purchase something like that, I'll eat it in the car on the way home. And I'm coming to a home. But I'm coming to a home where there is no one. Huh. So, like, who am I keeping it a secret from? But it's almost like... That's, like, it's keeping a secret from me. Like, it's almost like if, it, if I don't carry that food item into my kitchen, then maybe I never eat it.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: And so that is a, that is a pattern that I have that for a long time... Seem to have disappeared and then appeared and disappeared and appeared and disappeared several times over the last
0: couple of years. And do you, the, I mean, when you know that the, the pattern appears and disappears, do you know why it reappears? Like, can you link any, any common like thing that's happened, how you're feeling, like any of those things to think, okay, well, I know that this is why. I'm doing this. No, not really. Yeah,
1: not really. Not really. So, so for me, it's really about <laughs> uh, it's really about committing to myself, yeah. that these, this is what's going to make me feel good if I eat it. Mm-hmm. and this is not going to make me feel, it's not going to make me feel good physically, but it's also not going to make me feel good about how I'm eating this particular item. And so I need to just let that go. Like none, nothing about this is going to make me feel good and I need to let it go. And most of the time I can. And then yeah. sometimes
0: I don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a work in progress, right? I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, it, it, it's just like, you know, we were never broken so we we're never fixed because Correct. you can't fix something that was never broken that's right? it and
1: it's not and that's that's a beautiful way of putting it actually yeah. because it's not like and it's not even like wrong and right like there was nothing wrong either it was just this this is how things were and i and you're always trying to make things a little bit better or yeah. a little bit easier or a little bit you know whatever yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so that
0: yeah interesting
1: something that that really resonated with me when I read yeah. it because I yeah. because I, I feel very connected to that idea of like and not necessarily the idea of breaking the rules because I don't feel that way now like when i when I do things like that, I don't feel like I'm breaking the rules, but I do feel like i'm Oh, I was going to say I do feel like I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing, which I guess is breaking the rules. Yeah. I guess I feel like there was a rule set that I'm breaking. It's just like almost an unspoken rule, I guess.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. The other thing, I don't know if you caught this. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if it was, um, her. I think it must have been her talking about, uh, like it was in the Jean part. It was like at 142 pounds, she wore a size 12 modern day
1: size six yeah yeah they commented a few times about that sizing that how How
0: that has so like that that's crazy yeah which is why you have like like a minus zero size or something like why 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 did we need to do that like I guess the num because the number makes like you know we often and and we know people where they get a Get fixed on, they have to be this size, yeah. But with different brands, like different sizes, I mean, I can be all over the flipping place. It used to be more of a, a thing for me, it, it isn't much of a thing for me now. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, but I understand why that it is for some people, and, and it, it's a struggle to wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. But when you see something like this, you're realizing it has it was like arbitrarily assigning some number to yeah you know whatever whatever like where What? i actually have no idea where like sizing even what's the history of it
1: no no because it would make sense for example like a pant size that was like Mm -hmm. a 32 because your waist is 32 inches like that size Makes sense, but yeah. like,
0: where does this, where does the size 12 come from? Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why, why they needed to have, like I mean, obviously, it was something that made, it was supposed to make things easier to streamline to put people in buckets, right? Or in a category, like you're, you're in this number. Um, but you're right. Yeah. When it's, when it comes with sizing, what's just a waist size, you get that, or a bust size. That's yeah. what it is with it with a measurement, you know. But um, but even if you get a, a 32 pant, the waist size, it doesn't mean my hips are going to fit into those. No. No. absolutely, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Because because I don't have that, you know, average. Somehow they've taken the numbers and made an average, and maybe the average had been adjusted at some point. But I can't believe the average got adjusted down, as so I said, no. from a 12.
1: <laughs> no, like at some point that
0: was just... Remade. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's what they would have you would think they would have done is like took what the that size twelve averages were waist, hips, you know, bust, whatever, and then adjusted it. Yeah. But that doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. Weird. And Jean also talked to me she dyed her hair platinum blonde. Correct. And she for her it was about she was, she was actually very focused on weight maintenance. Mm. And I do think that that's something that, that Weight Watchers and WW at one point, I know at one point when I was a member, there was a big focus that, that people on maintenance because it is different, yeah. that the, it is a different experience. Um, but she always said like dyeing her hair was like weight maintenance. It's like, you know, if I don't go and do and have a touch up done that I am not going to like the result. Mm the same thing when people are in maintenance like your weight is going to fluctuate it's where how long you let it go before the touch-up yeah bringing it all back so for me that was like a ding 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 it's very like uh uh-huh yeah exactly the way that you should be approaching it not wanting to keep it at the exact same thing Mm -hmm. but knowing that there will be fluctuations and that there are times that you'll deal you will need to have a little touch-up let's shape them, you know, pull things in a little bit, make a little few adjustments. So yeah, yeah I did like that. Yeah, that was good.
1: The way that the book ends is with with this quote I I think this is the end of it and maybe I'm saying that wrong but I think so and so it ends by saying we we can want to lose weight for all kinds of reasons from vanity to health but at the same time we can want to live in a world where there's less importance put on what our bodies look like I'm just beginning to understand that I will always live in that paradox that I accept myself as a person who struggles to change If I can find greater happiness doing that with what I choose to eat and with how much I weigh, imagine what I could do when applying it to the rest of my life. And so that's kind of, that's Marissa's sort of final thought, which I have to say, like I just read it and smiled and like took a big sigh. And I thought, you know what, this is, this is, I think the balance between knowing that removing weight made so many things in my life so much simpler and so much better but also recognizing that the diet culture on the whole is not sending the right message and that if people aren't interested in that that's totally their prerogative and that's okay like and so I know in some in some of our past uh podcasts we've talked about like you know, at what point does this idea of, like, body positivity, like, go so far into saying mm-hmm. that, like, if you, if you lose weight, then, are like, are you still a body positive? Yeah. And so I struggle sometimes with, like, reading some things that people have to write about body positivity, because here I am, like, a person who always was generally happy in life, but was unhappy with my body because because it wasn't doing what I needed it to do. And it was causing too much difficulty and stress in my life that I knew I would feel better if I if I removed weight. And when I did, lo and behold, I did feel better. And I was able to do other things. And you know, and so but I but I don't think that that means that everyone has to be a size two, I also don't think that it means that everyone has to lose weight at every moment in their life, like, you know, and so, but I feel myself, like, I don't know where I, like, I I feel like I'm in the middle, and I can't really do that, and and I read that, that quote from Marissa, where it's like, I live in a world where sometimes the choices that i make and things that i and if i decide to lose weight that's going to make me happier but also i live in a world where there are you know there are always going to be pressures that are not appropriate either and, and people's opinions about weight that are not okay and i just have to get used to the fact that i live in the middle of both of those things and i thought oh okay
0: I can that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it was thoroughly enjoyable. But you know what? I, so she's talked about because she was on a, a Weight Watchers cruise. I was on that same cruise. Like
1: the actual the exact actual cruise. cruise. Oh my goodness,
0: Sandy. Because she talked about them launching the sense thing. Yeah. yeah I was, Andy, it was the, the cruise Andy and I were on together. Yeah, that's amazing. So then I had to go and look and see for a photo of her because it was her description. It was very interesting her description of the ambassadors that were on there, and that whole thing, which I completely, I completely get because there was like them and everyone else, and it, it was a little odd. Yeah, you know, it was yes. yeah, 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 yeah. But then she was saying twenty seventeen. I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure I was on that cruise. And then she goes the launch of the of the sense thing. I'm like, I was hundred percent on that cruise hundred percent on that same cruise. But then I had to look to see. I don't and, and she's got very um uh vibrant like blonde hair, right? Like uh and and I think I would have recognized her yeah. from the thing, but I but I didn't recognize oh. her at all. But for that anyways I was like I was on that same cruise. That's very fun. That was just fun. That's a
1: that's a really fun like little anecdote. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah it's It feels funny to read, like, because there's something about reading a book that you just think that, like, if I'm reading a book, it's so far removed from me. But, like, reading a book doesn't have to actually be that far removed at all. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Anyway, the book is called This Is Big by Marissa Meltzer, and I would highly recommend it
0: highly recommended it and it's um it's a very it's a really light read um it gives you something to think about yeah. and uh it's a feel-good book yeah yeah it was yeah. A, yeah, it was, it was, a it very was good really book. yeah I
1: feel like I'm really happy actually to have had this chance to like talk about a book that wasn't just like a non-fiction here here are the research studies here's what yes, we yeah, yeah. Like, this is a very different kind of book but abs Absolutely a delight from start yes. to finish.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you, Steph, for recommending the book. Absolutely. Yeah, we both enjoyed it immensely. Okay. So, anyway. And thank you, Libby, for allowing us both to get the book at the same <laughs> time, the same time <laughs>
1: which never happens. Thank you to Libby, <laughs> <laughs> who is our library app in yeah. case you're not there. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, Miss Henny, um, I think that we need to go and have that cake.
1: I think we do too.
0: So I'm very excited about that. Well, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you just right across from me and I can actually I know. see it. it's What very a fun huge. It is. I think we get to do the next couple. We definitely do. Way. We
1: definitely it's
0: do. It's fun. So
1: to all of our wonderful listeners, if you have read this book, let us know. And if you read it in the future, you know, we would uh, be very interested in hearing your thoughts.
0: Yeah. And if you have any um, extraordinary out of the norm flavor combinations. um, That you think would really work.
1: I mean, yes. Watermelon, mint, cucumber and feta. With a little lime juice olive oil <laughs> dressing. Delicious. Yes.
0: Yeah. So. We're we're looking we're looking to enhance our flavor profile. Yes, <laughs> repertoire. A
1: <laughs>
0: All right, everyone. Thanks for
1: listening. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.